0: This podcast is part of the zeo to hero Podcast Network.
1: AvenuePodcast.net
0: Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time for another fun episode of If You Give a Dad a Podcast. So I have a really cool guest with me. As you know, most of my guests I say that about, but that's because I go out and I find the very best to have on this show, and I'm very excited to have on this week's guest, and that is Tony Snow. He is a manager in MPX and and also WFC. He does all kinds of other stuff and we're gonna kinda get into all of that today. Um, He actually does a out of character interview with me in this episode and that's something that he doesn't normally do. And I'm very excited that he chose my show to give this in-depth interview to kinda see behind the curtain of the man, behind the Enterprise. And when I say Enterprise, I'm talking about the Snowman Enterprises. So, for those of you who are here just to hear the Tony Snow episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road.
2: If you give
3: a dad a podcast. Hey Dad!
0: So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so... <laughs>
1: Seriously? I felt
0: like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers really? certain people,
3: yeah. Wow! I was actually lost as an independent. And I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro! Get punched in the face
2: on the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off?
0: (laughs) What?
1: Man, this guy won't shut up.
0: All right, everybody. So today I have a man with me that I'm very excited to be talking to. He is a former music producer for Ring of Honor. He is the owner and CEO of Snowman Enterprises... He is a DJ. He's an Oklahoma-based wrestling manager and he is a master on the mic and I am talking about Tony Snow. Man, how are you doing today?
2: Man, I am great, Jared. Thank you for having me. I've been listening to this uh, to the show for a minute and uh, been a fan of it for a while so I'm honored to be on. So thank you very, very much, sir.
0: Yeah, I, I am very excited to talk with you tonight. It's uh, something that we set up a few months ago and everything and uh definitely been looking forward to it
2: right after i heard the dexter hardaway episode i reached out to you because he's like my big brother in the wrestling business one of of many mentors i claim in the wrestling business so once i heard his stuff and i would listened to the tommy dean episode and then the um uh the kurt gannon episode just a bunch of people that i like as wrestlers and human beings and enjoyed what I heard so I wanted to jump on the opportunity to get on here myself and here we are
0: right on man yeah that, all the names that you mentioned there uh, there those are great episodes I enjoyed talking to all those people there's so many of them you know there uh, I, I try to get on people you know but you, you run out of time and so yeah there's people yeah. like when you reached out to me I think I you know I, I think it might have been like two or three months ago Whenever we three set months this ago, up.
2: yeah, it was right when the Dexter episode dropped.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it, it, I, I wish I had more time in a month so I could get more people on this show. But yeah, this it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing this, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking
2: tonight. Oh, definitely, let's go. Any, I'm down for anything, and and like I said leading up to this, you know, I'm all about kayfabe, and I've got some old school trainers and everything. But I'm also all about kind of letting. People behind and get to know me too. I know it's 2023, and I realize that you know technology and the internet have changed a lot of things. So right. um I did one out of character interview, and so I'm gonna. This is the last one. I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this as me, and we'll we and talk about my story and some of my accomplishments and stuff. But you know, you're just gonna be talking to the person. I'm not gonna be sitting here calling you a sweat hog and telling you your breast smells like douche water and everything. You know. <laughs>
0: I actually did want to ask you about that. How did you come up with the sweat hog thing?
2: Um, well, I'm a lot older than I look. I'm 42 in January. Oh, okay. I tell people I'm a 42 year old rookie. I'm like Dennis Quaid, but not as cool. If you remember that movie, <laughs> um, The Rookie. But anyway, yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I grew up in. I was born in 82. And I spent my young years with my grandparents and they used to watch a lot of old TV shows. They'd always have the TV on because you didn't have the Internet back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd have the TV set going all the time. No matter what you were doing, something was playing on the TV in the background. And uh, Welcome Back, Cotter came on one day and the guys in the back of the class, Vinny, Bob Reno and his buddies that would act up all the time, he called them sweat hogs. And I remember hearing it as a kid all the way back then and being like, man, that's such a cool word, sweat hogs. I love it. <laughs> and so, like, I was a kid drawing pictures of pigs with, like, sweat dripping off of them and everything and talked about, like, during when I... there's a board game, Warcraft, came out called Blood Bowl, and I called my team the sweat hogs and everything. And then later on, I'm watching WCW because I was a WCW kid. Mm-hmm. and when rick rude would do his shtick he'd take his robe off and say you know what i'd like to have right now is for all of you rhode island sweat hogs i heard him say it one time and i was like man that's so cool so it kind of just has always been in the back of my head and then when i debuted in wagoner it was crazy because i've been training with teddy long since 2020 But Wagoner, Oklahoma with WFC last January was my first time in ring as a manager doing anything. And the whole show, all I did was come in and cut a promo, started out nice, and then flipped on the fans. And by the end of it, I'm calling them insults. And I was like, man, I can't believe after all these years of paying dues behind the scenes, I finally get on screen and, you know, in this ring in front of people and it's in Wagoner, Oklahoma, surrounded by rednecks and hillbillies and sweat hogs. <laughs> and Dan the B-7 was in the back corner at his meet and greet table and I heard him pop like a zit on a 14-year-old girl's forehead, like he <laughs> lost his sh- when I said sweat hogs. And so I'm like, hey, maybe I've got something here. And then a couple um, days later after I, I cut a promo, you know, I said, good evening sweat hogs. And then um Tim Rockwell went to uh, went to Tennessee, and he cut a promo. He's a heel there. Shout out mm-hmm. to Tim Rockwell. I always give him credit because he's the first person to put me on screen as a manager. Robert Langdon's the first one to put me on his commentary, but uh, Tim Rockwell's the first one to put me on as a manager. And he used my phrase. He was like, uh, hillbillies, rednecks, and sweat hogs. And so when Tim's using my stuff, that's you know a huge compliment for me. And oh, yeah. so I've made shirts, you know, with sweat hogs on it, like a baseball team logo and a little piggy's head is uh-huh. a number. And they buy them and wear them to shows. They've had me sign them. And let me just say one of the companies I worked for, MPX, a couple months ago or last month, we did a show with uh, Nyla Rose, was there, The Purge. Okay. So AW Star is at a show that I'm on. And I cut a promo as my LFA character down there. And I say the word sweat hogs at least three times. Yeah. And then the very next week, Bernard Funk hits me up and is like, yo, Christian Cage is stealing your stees, bro. (laughs) And I watch AEW. He sends me a clip and here's Christian Cage on the mic leading Luchasaurus down the ramp with the TNT title on his shoulder. And he's like, you know that he said, uh, They call you Dirty Jersey for a reason, sweat hogs. Now let me do my job. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, (laughs) if this was a coincidence and he was paying homage to Rick Rude, that's cool. Yeah. But, like, if this got to him because of me, come on, bro. (laughs) Like, I should get an email with an offer to come talk to somebody there if I'm creative enough to where my stuff is used on television. I'm not saying sign me, Tony Khan. I'm saying get me in a room with you if Christian's going to buy my stuff. That's all I'm saying, bro. (laughs) Make that happen, TK. I know you listen to this podcast. I know you and Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman and all these guys listen to this podcast, and I never have asked a favor of any of you gentlemen yet. And all I'm asking, TK, just get me in the room if he's biting my style, bro.
0: (laughs) it it, man if they are listening then i'm gonna pop yeah so
2: uh oh they are because i'm on what are you talking about uh,
0: there you go yeah exactly
2: (laughs) i'm a draw baby i got championships everywhere let's go
0: so the very first time i heard that i when you did the sweat hogs thing i was like man that is so unique and it's great because you don't hear stuff like that and it felt like a throwback to me you know and like you were saying a minute ago you, you were trained uh uh, by a older generation when it comes to wrestling and stuff. And so hearing that, I, it very much took me back to the old WCW days.
2: That's what I grew up on and watched. And my mentor and, and trainer is Teddy Long, and he was a WCW manager trained by Eddie Gilbert yeah. and Kevin Sullivan. So there's more old school for you. Oh, yeah. You know, and then my A ring trainer that, you know, taught me how to take bumps and all, Kyle Joe from Oklahoma, he's old school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I get a lot of comparisons to Gary Hart from how I dress to how I act and how I work. And I take that as a compliment every time I hear it, because I've studied Gary Hart a ton. He's one of my favorites. But yeah, dude, it it was it's fun, man. And it's fun too seeing how it's kind of evolved from sweat hog. I still use sweat hogs all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, at MPX as um I'm, I'm El Jefe, this, you know, Mexican American drug lord. Um I, you know, have dual citizenship, of course. Um, and so I, uh, I started calling them piggies and stuff and, you know, what's up piggies? Did you miss me? And so piggies is getting over almost as much as sweat hogs is
0: going to have a shirt with that next.
2: I know. Right. You know, <laughs> I've got nine inch nails, but out had a song called piggy that I love that came out years ago. And one of these days, one of these wrestling companies I work for is going to let me use it as an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, man. So. How did you actually get into wrestling? Um well I started out I I I came in the back door. Okay. Um I uh I had a 20 year career as a a hip hop DJ. Oh. I worked with every every rapper in Texas if you can think of them. Uh really? from Paul yeah Paul Wall was the first Texas rapper to pay me to DJ for him. Actually, one of my little bros is his his touring DJ right now. I lived with Lil' Flip for two years. I worked with the Screwed Up Click. I worked with UGK. It's where the whole Tony Snow thing came from. Pimp C was like my OG. You know, this past October, I brought uh, Slim Thug up to my venue in Oklahoma for a Halloween party. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 days from now, I got Afro Man coming up. Like, I DJed for years. And it was crazy, man. It's just like a crazy set of circumstances. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I was living with little flip and he had a few of us living with him as assistants and A&Rs and DJs and all that. And some of us would stay at home on the road. Usually just one of us and chill and watch the place. Cause he's a millionaire rapper. He's got a nice house, right. he's got cameras, but he wants somebody there in case something happens. Yeah. And so I got to the point that the older I got, I started volunteering to stay home because he would leave money for pizza and he had a PS3 and he had this studio at home that I had free access to. And I'm like, yeah, you guys can go, you know, be awake for 24 hours straight on the road. I'll stay at home with TV and pizza. I'm good. You know, right. I'm fine being a fat kid. But <laughs> I was, uh, I was up in the studio one day working on a mixtape and I got to a breaking point, took a little break to get my head right. And, mm-hmm. um, I was watching, uh, Turned over to YouTube, just watched some indie wrestling. This is like 2015, I guess, 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I saw a clip from North NEW, Northeast Wrestling, out of like Massachusetts, I think. And mm-hmm. there was a wrestler named Flip Gordon. And he came out to a song by Lil Flip, the guy I was living with and working for and DJing for and producing for called Game Over. Because um, it goes, Flip. Flip, flip, flip! Like the whole hook is now who they want. Flip, yeah, flip, flip, and it's got like a video game beat behind it. It goes hard as as, as that. You know, <laughs> I'm watching my language because it's a. If you give a dad a podcast show, it goes hard <laughs> anyway. Um, and so I was like, "Yo, this is cool. This guy's using Flip's music." And so through the power of X, which is what they now call what used to be called Twitter, right? I reached out to Flip Gordon on Twitter. And I was like, yo, dude, I see you're using Flip's music. I'm his DJ, one of them. You know, I live with the dude. I showed him your stuff. He thinks you're dope as hell. You know, like, next time you're in Texas, we need to link up. And he goes, well, I just so happen to be working with Ring of Honor now, too. And we're about to do a Texas loop. So on the Dallas date, you know, you guys show up and you can be my guests. And so that date came around. And I showed up, and Flip met me there, and he introduced me to a guy named Gary Jester, who is was the, like pretty much the head of the company. And for people who don't know, like he's been an executive in every big wrestling company ever. He worked in WCW for Eric Bischoff directly. He worked in WWE for Vince back when it was WWF. Wow. He was one of the main people behind All In. Um, he was one of the, the main guys at Ring of Honor. His name's Gary Juster, really nice older man. You mm-hmm. never think that he's a wrestling executive. He looks like he should run a bait shop in an old country town. Like <laughs> like he should be wearing overalls, like he wears a dad hat. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's like you never imagine Rick Rubin was a genius producer if you didn't know looking at him. The guy walks around barefoot and looks like he's homeless. It was kind of like the same vibe, you know. But I noticed that he had an autism speaks um, watch on and I have autism. I was uh, I was nonverbal until I was six. Like I was told you'll never speak. You'll never live on your own. You'll never live independently. You'll never hold down a job. Like wow. I have the I have the mental developmental age of a 16 year old. It's crazy. Mm. Um, and so like. I started talking to him and he's like, how'd you learn to talk? And I was like, well, wrestling and music is all that ever made sense. And so watching Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, they taught me how to speak really like straight up. Yeah. Like I'm six years old and saying slobber knocker before I'm saying door. You know, it's just (laughs) because it made sense because it came through a medium that interested me that made sense. Right. You know, people with autism, there's no two of us that are the same. There's more knowledge about it nowadays, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Like back when I was diagnosed with it in the 80s, it was one in every 600 children were diagnosed with autism. And now it's like one in every 60, yep. which some people might be like, oh, that's horrible. The numbers are going up. Well, no, it's actually a good thing because it's always been around. Just more people know about it. Right. Just like police violence and overreach has always been around. Just now we have camera phones and people are capturing it. Like mm-hmm. this stuff isn't new, people. Like it's always been there, you know. Like uh, I have, I have uh, COPD. Uh, it's it's not anything new. My grandma died of COPD. They just called it lung disease back then. Right. Like you know, it's it's it, everything's everything's always been around. And so um, he was really impressed with me being. And then I told him I did, you know, I DJed for twenty some years, and I was like, man. How cool would it be if you guys let me come out and just me and a turntable in the ring and DJ and get the crowd hyped up before a show? And he's like, Well, I can't do that. Like, but what I can do is get you in working production for a loop or two if you want to try, you know, and see if you like this life. And I was like, Dude, I'm down. And he's like, Well, it doesn't pay much. I I was like, Dude, did I ask about money? I don't care. I'm down. Like, if you would (laughs) have said, Come put the ring together. I would have done it. Like you know what I mean. Which I've right. done plenty of ring setups. Yep. Um, working in the Indies, but I was spoiled. So the first independent wrestling company I ever worked for was Ring of Honor. Wow. And so, and it was in the peak of the Bullet Club days when they're selling out three thousand, four thousand seat arenas. Yeah. So I'm doing like Dallas and San Antonio and Oklahoma City, and then I'm doing. A, I had a passport, man, which helped out a lot. Pro wrestlers indie wrestlers if you're listening get a passport you never know when you might need it and they're good for 10 years and so because of that passport i got to go up and work toronto and uh some canada dates and stuff we did detroit toronto and buffalo in one loop and um and so then when i was on these ring of honor loops you know before every live show what do you have you have dark matches Right. And those dark matches are usually lower card guys from the main show against local enhancement talent. So during the Texas legs, I met a lot of local Texas wrestlers while I was working production for Ring of Honor, you know, and I'm making entrance themes and playing entrance music as they hit the stage. And I'm just happy. I'm like, man, if this is the farthest I ever get, man, I'm happy. Let's go. I'm working, getting paid to Living do something dream. with wrestling. Yeah, and so I got to know Ian Rickabani really well and Colt Cabana, Mm -hmm. a bunch of those guys. I got to know the Young Bucks as they were at their peak. I got to know Cody. I've given Cody hats and shirts that he's worn on being the elite, you know, before he signed with WWE again. I, I got to know all those guys right when they were at their indie peak. It was the coolest time to be around them. Yeah. And then the tour loops ended and... Everybody said goodbye for the season because you know they had a, the the Christmas season off really every year, right? And I got hit up by one of those independent Texas wrestlers that I met at Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I introduced him to Little Flip. You know, he was a fan. You know, when when we did the Dallas show, Little Flip showed up. Him and Flip Gordon had a little thing after their match. You know, and. We introduced some doll all guys in the back. And one of those wrestlers that I introduced Little Flip to, he got me booked or he he inter- he invited me to a wrestling show. I went to a wrestling show with him that he was on, had a great time. Uh, then he got me booked on a wrestling show to DJ. And it was crazy going from one of the top wrestling independents to a local wrestling independent. This was Dallas Championship Wrestling. OK. You know, and I'm expecting to get the same treatment I got at Ring of Honor. Yeah, and I walk up and it's I, I get pull up to the address and it's the Elks Lodge in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and I'm Like, OK, there's 12 people here. This will be fun. I hope I get paid at least. <laughs> and the promoter, the guy running the show who ended up booking me, got so drunk at the after party. He didn't pay me. He had to be like, dude, I'll hit you up later. Oh, no. And then, like, yeah. And then I, yeah, it kept spiraling over. And then finally, he got caught up with me.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: working there got my face out. And I got, you know, next thing, you know, I'm working for another company. Then, next thing, you know, I'm working for five or six different companies as a DJ and music producer making entrance themes. And then COVID hits and, like, the world shuts down. Right. But, One of the companies that I worked for, they decided they were still going to do shows, but they were going to do it in a small studio with a contained audience. Masks had to be worn, all that stuff, right? This was in June of 2020. Gotcha. And uh, so we did this show. It was in a, literally, it was like one of the old NWA studio shows, bro. There was like 20 people there. It was one row of chairs around a ring and blue curtains wow and and who's on the show road warrior animal and teddy long (laughs) and so i get to meet road warrior animal because they need to make they need me to make entrance music for him it sounds like the road warrior theme but it's not exactly like it right and so i you know he recorded his voice some and i made his theme for him and he loved it And I'm so blessed that I got to play it a few times and send him to the ring to it a few times and got a picture with him before he passed away. And I'm still good friends with his widow, Kim Laurinaitis. She's the sweetest lady in the world. Um, But that day I met Teddy Long over our shared love of uh, greenery, if you will. I don't know how far you go on this podcast. (laughs) I get Um, you. (laughs) So he was like, and he's told the story before, like you can always spot a fellow partaker when you see one. Mm -hmm. And I needed to find a guy. And I looked and I'm like, there's my guy. Like those are Teddy's exact words, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was. Yeah. Right. He's the, the biggest, the biggest partaker I've ever met, bro. Really? Randy Orton what Randy Orton was his partner all through WWE that, that was his wow. buddy that that before every show him and Randy got together in Randy's trailer um <laughs> I got so many stories I can tell you but I I know your show's PG yeah um, but so yeah so at the time when Teddy met me I was living with some other pro wrestlers but I was on a bunch of meds for my autism. Mm -hmm. I hadn't gotten safe access uh, to other medical means yet right? because I hadn't lived here long enough. Mm -hmm. And so I was way overweight because I was on five really strong mental meds and high doses of each one.
1: Mm.
2: Like I was 260 pounds, dude. Like I would get out of bed to shower and go work these wrestling production bookings and that's it. Otherwise Um, I was in bed. I just had no motivation. Like the drugs I was on, are killers of motivation dude i understand they're tranquilizers made to help slow my mind down but they had me on way too many and these are all you know medicines that the state put me on you know right. this was state healthcare.
1: yeah
0: um so is is it to help with like anxiety or uh, to help.
2: I I have seizures and other things. Okay. Uh, they go along with it. uh It's anxiety, seizures, OCD, all sorts of stuff. Right. Um. That, that it's like a package deal, man. You know. I got you. Yeah. And you never know what you're going to get. You know. At least I can talk, and you know, right. I'm I'm mostly f- highly functional. Mm-hmm. Um. But the guys that I lived with, they were all pro wrestlers. And I asked them all to train me. I was like, I know I'm too old to wrestle, but I could manage. Train me to manage. And they never took me seriously. They would laugh at me. And I'm sitting there with them while they're watching TV and I'm giving just talking. And they're like, Man, that's a great idea. And the next thing you know, they're using one of my ideas, my ideas in a match, but not crediting me for it and refusing to train me to manage. You know, so it's like, dude, come on, what the heck, bro? Yep. So i moved out on my own and i told teddy like yeah these guys are just hating on me i just want them to train me and he's like well listen player, you're too old to wrestle i'll just be honest with you
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you're, you're way too fat to manage <laughs> so he's like and he showed me a picture of when he managed ice training he was 250 pounds and i was 260 at the time yeah and so teddy put me on a workout plan he put me on two different supplements that are all natural, CMOS moss and L-carnitine. Uh-huh. And he told me to stop drinking sugar. And just from those little things, I went from 260 to 185 right now. Oh, wow. And the whole time I'm losing weight, I'm training with Joe, learning to take bumps. Mm-hmm. I'm having three sessions a week with Teddy that are an hour long where he's going over psychology and Teaching me things that Dusty Rhodes taught him, and teaching me things that Eddie Gilbert taught him, and teaching me how you know to use psychology in a match, and how you don't have to throw in a million high risk spots to tell a good story. Right. And if you watch this year's uh, version of Xtravis Lamza from WFC live on IWTV, you'll see me and Teddy go face to face, and you'll see some matches Teddy's involved in. And you'll see everything I'm talking about because Teddy helped with all those, all those matches that I was involved in. Teddy helped put together to my trainer. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so much fun. And so we're doing stuff with Dusty Rhodes finishes, bro. That's great. We did, I did two straight up Dusty finishes on IWTV on Nick Travis Slams of Two. Like, you got to check it out. It was so good. The main event against Mr. Anderson was awesome. So, um, you know, Teddy's just training me, and then I get a phone call one day from Tim Rockwell. He's like, Hey, man, I've been thinking of bringing you into WFC, and I'm like, Well, what capacity? Because at this point, I've learned how to and done everything I could. I've been Uh on commentary now at Texoma, I've ring announced at Legacy Pro, I've worked production. I so I was like, You need me on commentary, you need me ring announcing, you need me doing sound. He's like, No, man, I'm thinking a manager. And I said, well, you know, it's funny you say that because the last three years I've been training to manage. Oh, cool. And he's like, are yeah. you serious? <laughs> who's your cool. manager? And I was, or, who's your trainer? And I was like, Teddy Long. And he's like, hold on a minute, playa. Like <laughs> Tim said the phrase, like, yep. hey, Teddy Long. And I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> and uh, and so he's like, dude, let's talk. And so we got all worked out. I committed to be there, you know, at least all this year. Mm-hmm. And I made my debut in January and I started out dismanaging Dutch Hagen, the Luxembourg Beast. And then I added The Shining, um, which is uh, Duke Swellington and Handsome Jack Davenport after the Johnnies told me no, which ended up being one of the worst mistakes they ever made. And then I added Dashing Dustin Tibbs and I've got a couple other guys that I got my eyes on right now. And we currently have, Four out of the five titles in WFC. We have the Heavyweight Championship, the Tag Team Championships, and the Prime Championship. And as a manager, I did my job in helping secure all those titles. And I'm going to continue to do my job in helping to defend those titles.
0: Yeah. So it, the only one that you guys don't have is the Hometown Heroes champion, right?
2: Yeah, and I've had a few different talks with Mr. Royal. I've offered him, uh, to take him out to sushi for my treat, so... Yeah. Hopefully something will happen soon because I've always always been a big fan of Alex Royal. So um, I knew yes. as long as Justin Lee had the hometown heroes title, I'd never work with him because there's no way an ego like mine would mesh with an ego like his. It's <laughs> impossible. Um, which I made a post the other day saying ego kills talent. I should have said too much ego kills talent because to be in wrestling, you got to have somewhat of an ego. You got to believe in yourself to get right. over. Yeah. Um, if you don't, then who will? Yeah. Exactly yep. so but yeah, so now I've got uh WFC I have four of the five titles mm-hmm. uh MP MPX we're about to come back. we just finished up a big few month long storyline down there and sold out every show I was on um and then I'm taking a few weeks off because it's a heck of a drive yeah, and uh then we're supposed to be in a, a tag team program, which I'm excited about. and then Texoma, which is where I started out as commentating. Mm -hmm. um I'm working there now too and I have a someone I manage and this past week I tried to recruit a tag team and apparently when uh when they made D'Lo Brown the commissioner of Texoma he put out a memo that if you touch a referee then you get suspended for 30 days I didn't get that memo yeah I live in Oklahoma D'Lo like my internet's not that great okay um, when you if you were, said it in the ring, I might have been out back with my client, like I didn't hear you. And so this past Friday, I pulled the referee out of the ring as he was counting, and Delo suspended me for a month. Man. So it was, it, you know, it was nice because he came in the ring and he told me I was one hell of a manager, and then he suspended me for a month. So it's like he's gonna butter me up and compliment me, and then tell me I can't come back and get paid for a month. Thanks a lot, D'Lo. <laughs>
0: Well, and Dilo, that's uh, somebody. Uh, is he just doing a part-time gig there, or is he working with uh, Texoma
2: on like? He's a, working with Texoma now. He's the commissioner. He's coming in almost every month, man. Wow. He's also working with their academy. If you're in Ardmore, Oklahoma,
1: mm-hmm. you can
2: go get trained by my trainer Joe uh, Tigo Sica, and Fuego Del Sol from AEW. And when Dilo is in town, he, he helps out there too. He does a lot of help on psychology and promo work. Um, but yeah, so Delo it's pretty surreal, man. I told him the other night, you know, back during the pandemic, I had a Delo Brown action figure that had the IC title and I actually had the old WWF ring replica TV replica IC title that was WWF without the scratch WWF like the old old one yeah yeah, that he had that figure zinc made, you know that was real leather on the back, right and during the pandemic, I was like, man, I'm never going to meet D'Lo Brown. And I saw both of them on Macari. And now oh, no. I see the guy every month. I could have had both of them signed. Like, I see the guy every month, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my mentors now. And oh, I told him no. last night and he was like, bro, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, it's 2020, yeah, so. isn't it? Now, now, don't be surprised if... If d doesn't show up in WFC soon, because they already brought Teddy Long in, one of my mentors trying to stop me, and that didn't work. Yeah. So, you know, they keep bringing in all these people. Tim keeps flying in all these stars that have had influence on my life to try to stop me. If he can get Road Warrior Animal there, I'll be impressed. <laughs> Rest in peace.
0: Yep, yep. So, yeah, I've been loving everything that I've been seeing uh, with you when it comes to WFC. You know, I've kind of kept up with everything that you've done because I think that right before you came in, uh, there was an announcement that you were going to be coming. So I was kind of watching, you know, as uh, you were going to come in because I know that the uh, there was a former um, manager for uh, Dutch Hagen and stuff that left, you know, I believe it was at the end of last year and then you came in. So it was... It, it was nice to see a see you come in and see that fresh face and uh, see what you had to offer to this group. And it's been great, everything that I've seen.
2: Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, when I was brought in, uh, WFC, over the past 10 years, they've had two very legendary managers that I'm going to give their flowers to, and that's Richard Pierce and Big Stevie Cavalero. Yep. And both of them decided that it was that time in their life that they were going to step away from being on-screen talent. And so both of them stepped away. Stevie is still very involved with the shows and production. Richard still comes by all the time and hangs out in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, but I knew I had some very big shoes to fill. And the cool thing is, both of them have been very, very gracious the whole time. And anytime I've had questions for either of them, or um, any time that there's been something in one of my matches that's been kind of wonky that I haven't noticed they've been quick to come over and point it out, but in a, in a delicate way that's not going to, you know, uh, come across as judgmental. Like they're both awesome, man. So I knew I had big shoes to fill, but they're doing their very best in helping me fill them. And uh, you know, now Stevie is back as an authority figure. Yes. And you know, he's the, the king of the sweat hogs because he appointed the, the crowd as the board of directors and, championship committee and he's the, the president of it so if you're the president of the championship committee Stevie and the crowd is the championship committee the, the crowd's the board of directors and you're the president that makes you the official king of the sweat hogs uh, little Stevie can not call you little Stevie little Stevie Caballero <laughs> that makes you the king of the sweat hogs buddy I'm sorry so that makes you public enemy number one just don't mess with me and stay out of my way and we'll be just fine little Stevie I promise you <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, i know it, he
0: got that because of a match that happened in wfc where uh rockwell actually lost uh that title um that now you were involved in that happening weren't you
2: no i i wasn't involved in any of that i i i, I haven't been involved in anything since january um big c okay. and richard were already gone when i came back when i was there
0: right right no i'm talking about how uh tim had lost uh, uh the presidency um and then uh, Stephen cavalier took over that
2: no i was not involved in that it was weird it's been kind of a revolving door we had mike andrews was the president of uh wrestling operations i think you're talking about last year when they had we're fighting for the presidency overall that's right yes tim, the, okay yeah, yeah I do tim, remember that, that was before my time tim rockwell is still the president of the company but mike andrews was the director of wrestling operations and president yes. president of the wrestling committee and then he was fired and brought back as a manager and then tommy brownell slash tommy uh what was his stage name tommy tommy uh tommy lancer was the president of the championship committee, and then some things got in the way for him. Mm-hmm. And so now Big Stevie is out of retirement, and I couldn't be more happier. Can't you hear it in my voice? <laughs> so I can hear it
0: so much. Yeah, you sound the excitement is just dripping off of your
2: voice. <laughs> you should see the messages he emails me. I swear to God, I read them in a Yiddish accent because of the way <laughs> he types. Like your yutes is not a word, not yutes. You like you, like yutes guys. No, you guys. on, <laughs> Steve, you, you work with me?
0: I've heard yuns and I've heard y'all, but I don't think oh I've heard yutes.
2: So <laughs> yeah. So I feel d- like I need a translator for the last message you sent me. Anyway. <laughs> so going back to something you were talking about a
0: minute ago, how did you come up with the El jefe character that you use, and that's an MPX, correct?
2: Yeah, it's a Metroplex Wrestling, which is owned by um, Matthew Palmer and Athena and Ernie Pruitt. Um, mm-hmm. And it's fun because it's kind of like it's the last place people hit on the way up to AEW and the first place they hit on the way down. Like gotcha. right when their contracts expire, they're on a show there. And right before they're about to sign, they're on a show there. You know, I saw it was Swerve Strickland with Leva Bates with so many people. Mm-hmm. And... um and it's awesome because getting to learn from them is really cool. But I didn't come up with a character, the character was come up with for me. And it was weird because I am MPX Mark. I've been watching the product for five years. Yeah. Um, they were the first Texas Indie I went to as a fan just to watch, where I wasn't there to like network or anything. And um, I've been watching for five years straight. I've been subscribing to their network. Oh, wow. And. I- yeah, and so I kept saying, seeing all this talk. You know, Aaron Stevens said his faction was coming and then Muerte joined them and then they're like, El Jefe's coming. And Aaron Stevens and Muerte, when they started out as a crew, their first manager was Nastico. And so me and I think about 90 million other people thought Nastico was going to be El Jefe. Mm-hmm. And then Ernie Pruitt came to a Texoma show and saw me work. And then the next day... I'm messaging with him on Facebook out of nowhere. And he tells me to hit Palmer up. And so I hit Matthew Palmer up and he asked me to cut a promo, which I did. And I actually cut the promo on him because I'd known him for a while. And again, I've been an MPX fan for five years. I went to a lot of their shows. I, I had a podcast of my own. I interviewed a lot of their talent for. So I cut the promo on Palmer. And then I didn't hear back from like forever so I just thought okay I guess they're just not going to use me and then like literally their shows are on Saturdays I get hit up on a Thursday afternoon by their booker Mm -hmm. asking me if I wanted to be El Jefe and I was like yeah dude I can totally do that like my girl's Mexican her parents don't even speak any English I'm around all the Spanish culture he's like I know that's why I came up with it as the character for you. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you were this famous DJ. You sold the rights to your music. You moved down to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, which is where all these rich Americans retire to. Cause there's no property tax. And you set up a quote unquote empire down there and married this Mexican woman. Cause I am in real life with a Mexican lady. And, uh, and you know, now you're in investing in Lucha Libre. So I originally was only supposed to be there for four shows. I was El Jefe, the boss, like the financial backer behind the faction. And then my first show I was there, I could tell something was off with Aaron because he seemed kind of snippy and didn't seem like himself. And I'd known the guy for years. Mm -hmm. And he had some sort of cardiac thing happen in the ring, something with his heart. And he hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to wrestle since. Mm -hmm. Um, And so right away after that happened, the the focus of the feud shifted from Aaron against this guy with his faction behind him and me financing it all to me against this guy and me against all the fan favorites and almost like WFC where it was like me against Johnny Lightning and my wrestlers were just, you know, tools to win these titles. Right. Like that's how the core of the Tony Snow character wants all these titles but knows he can't win them himself. So he uses wrestlers to win these titles for him. And so it was perfect for WFC and it's perfect for MPX now because now it's like I'm feuding with all these baby faces. I'm cutting all the promos because my wrestlers don't speak because they most of them are Hispanic. One of them does has a mask and doesn't speak at all. Yeah, You know, so it's like it's me against these guys. And my wrestlers just happen to be my chess pieces in the battle, you know, and so. It's fun because I get, you know, being a heel manager is hard because you have to put over your guy. You have to put over your opponent because if you don't put over your opponent, then you just beat a nobody. And what was the point? And then you got to get your own heat and you got to get heat for your opponent or heat for your client. Well, it's a whole new dynamic with me now because it's almost like the matches, the, the, the good guys against me. And the bad guys are just in there filling in the spots while I'm having all the moments with the bad, with the good guys. And that's fine with me. You know, I'm having the time of my life. Yeah, Um. it just it's a whole new dynamic. It's more it's more Bobby Heenan managing than Harley race managing, if you know what I mean.
0: Yep, I do. So there was something that you told me about whenever uh, we were started talking on Facebook and everything. And you were talking about the amount of heat that you got from something that you did with uh, Dexter Hardaway when it came to MPX.
2: Oh, yeah, it was crazy heat, man. Like, he, um, you know, the guy, it was right after. We went to the whole thing at WFC. They inducted him into the Hall of Fame, and he screwed me over out of the match that Mm -hmm. I had later on. You can watch it on RWTV. So he and I were already on bad terms. You know, they say you don't fight harder with anyone than you do with your family, right? Right. And even though right now I hate the man's guts, uh, he's still my brother, and I love him. But (laughs) he started talking all this mad mad smack on the MPX Addicts page, And I told him that he needed to stay away um, or there would be consequences. Like, you need Saturday night, you don't need to be at MPX Arena. You Mm -hmm. need to be chasing balls at the Rangers Stadium like you've been doing. And and let daddy handle business, you know. And he showed up, and not only did he show up, he came to the very front of the center barricade and was talking all sorts of smack. So I literally said... If you watch my stuff, too, 99.9% of my stuff is reactive. Yeah. Like, people start stuff with me, and I don't just let it fly. I send it right back to them. You right. know, like, I, and, I, and I'll and I'll i hurt their feelings, dude. Like, this one guy kept calling me a cheater, and I was like, you want to talk about cheating? Look in your wife's phone. Check her text messages. Oh. And she's like... She goes, but that's not my son, or that's my not my husband. That's my son. And I said, You could have fooled me. He looks like he's 75. Meth is a hell of a drug. <laughs> like I like I literally I I did stand-up comedy before I did this stuff. While I was DJing, yeah. I worked with Shaq's comedy all stars. So I've got a quick wit. Like you're not gonna win a face-off battle with me. You're just not, you know. Yeah. Um there's a guy I'm really proud. There's a guy, a Texoma fan that's been coming around for years and uh, been screaming a lot of homophobic stuff at some of the some of the gay wrestlers we had, some of the (laughs) LBGTQ community, and some of them don't wrestle anymore because of it. And I exposed the guy on live broadcast two months ago, and now him and his family don't come anymore, you know, and so I and, and it was all because I was wearing my purple shirt, my purple suit, and he was calling me a homophobic slur. And so I pulled one of the cameramen over, and this was on the live feed. I said, Hey America, you want to see what a homophobe looks like? Here's one right here. And he called me that slur right again, right on the feed, right there. Oh wow. And so they were basically told they weren't really welcome back. And then they were like, Well, we're not gonna come back anyway, blah, blah, blah. You know. So yeah, dude, it's 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 been fun, man. I, I'm I'm a heat magnet. I heat he said all that stuff, so I literally threw my entire bottle of water in Dexter's face. And it got him and it got everyone behind him. Cause I didn't just throw it, like I squeezed it as I threw it towards him. And little so projectile this behind it, was like, it. it was like a water bomb, you know, and it hit <laughs> yeah. him and all the women behind him. And so yeah, it was it was something else, man. You should go check out the MPX Network. It's on Twitter now, or Twitch now. Okay. Twitch.tv slash Wrestling. One thing that the piggies they really love is when I bring tortillas for them. Because I'm the <laughs> benevolent El Jefe, and I feed the people, so I toss tortillas out into the crowd. And, you know, on special occasions, sometimes they don't deserve them if they've been bad piggies. And this past week... I had a pack of like 50 corn tortillas fresh from my abuelita's kitchen and one of the baby faces fans wearing his shirt, wearing Aaron Evil's shirt in the third row. As soon as she saw me during my entrance, she jumped up and gave me the double middle finger and was all F you snow, F you snow, just cursing at me so hard. And so out of those 50 corn tortillas, she took about 40 of them to the face I started throwing them at her like Frisbees. And then the next thing you know, it was like the Ninja Turtles pizza machine. Like, I was literally standing up on the apron, pelting her with corn tortillas as she's flipping me off. And then by (laughs) the end of it, I'm balling them up like baseballs and just hitting her with them. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, okay, it's F me. Okay, here, here, have a tortilla. Open your mouth. I'm sure you're used to it. Oh, my bad. Sorry. If you have to edit that, you can. Um, But anyway, (laughs) like... That It just, it, it's all, it's all response. You know, yeah. everything I do is all responding and, and, and some of it, like one dude hates my guts because, you know, at Texoma, I was their play-by-play guy for four years. I was a baby face. I was their straight play-by-play guy. Yeah. I was an Ian Rickaboni student of commentary. You know, I know him personally, him and Colt are like my GOAT commentary team. And I know a lot of those regular fans that would come because they added me on Facebook. I didn't add them. You know why? Because I don't give a f- about them. Oh, sorry, you can get sense of that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't give a bleep about them. Um, I don't give a f about them because they're just they're wrestling fans. All they did was pay money to see me. So a lot of people pay money to see me. What makes you special? Like and and they added me on Facebook. And so I know stuff about their personal life. And when they get cute with me as I'm walking to the ring, I use that against them. Like I'm making my entrance to the ring and this guy starts cursing at me and telling me he's going to shove my cane somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I stop and I tell him very calmly because I know he's a 62 year old pizza delivery man for Pizza Hut. I stop and I very calmly tell him that the only time he needs to be addressing me is if he's handing me a large pepperoni pizza. And he jumped up, all mad, and was yelling at me. And I said, "You know what? Just for that, I want stuffed crust, and I'm not tipping anything. And extra anchovies. Like, bring, give me all that. <laughs> like, I just, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let up. And I always keep my word, dude. Like, I, I'm, yeah. It's almost like an obsession with me. My fans, people, either love me, mm-hmm. hate me, or love to hate me." Yeah. Believe it or not, I sell a ton of 8 by 10s at shows because a lot of people love a good bad guy. Right. And even though I don't believe I'm a good, even though I don't believe I'm a bad guy, that's what I've been labeled as. You know why I've been labeled as a bad guy? Because I take shortcuts. Well, you know what? Sure, Snowman Enterprises takes shortcuts. But what company in the world that is successful doesn't take shortcuts? Look at this company we're using right now for this meeting, Zoom. They probably take a shortcut. They probably have not they probably cheated on their taxes once or twice or or uh, or broke some country's laws or something just to get a break on their fees or something like whatever your company you work for is probably taking shortcuts this microphone I'm talking into blue microphones their company probably took shortcuts at some point the only difference is I have the testicular fortitude to take shortcuts in front of all these stupid sweat dogs like I do my cheating in public and if the referee doesn't see it, it doesn't count as cheating. So yeah, we won that prime title, and I don't care how you think we won it, we won it. You know, we won those tag titles. Did did we jump Johnny Lightning in the in the in the parking lot? You damn straight we jumped Johnny Lightning in the parking lot because I told him if I saw him in that building again, I was going to end his career. And I might not have ended his career, but I did everything in my power to man. Let me say, I got to respect Johnny Lightning because that boy can take a beating. Yeah, He's right up there with my plumbing. My plumbing can take a punch. He can take a beating, man. Like, I'm telling you, dude, he can take a beating. So there was something you
0: brought up a minute ago, uh, and I didn't know this, actually. Um, You had your own podcast.
2: Yeah, back in the day called Rap and Wrestling, and then it was actually a radio show that was broadcast on Bounce 104 out of Denver. Oh. Um, And so I would record it as a live podcast and then I would send them the recording and they would play the recording on their FM station. Oh, that's cool. So it was called rap and wrestling and I interviewed rappers and wrestlers. And so I did almost like a little residency at MPX mm-hmm. when I first moved to DFW after I came off the road with ROH. And I was literally interviewed like everyone on the MPX roster. And so now the fact that I'm not only talent for the company, but leading one of the top heel factions there and main eventing you know three out of the 10 times i've been there is pretty crazy full circle story you know i literally made the transition from one side of the barricade to the other yeah but i did it the right way i didn't jump the barricade like these idiots i went and got trained and i earned my way across the barricade
0: so you've done so much you know whether it be uh, being a DJ, we've talked about all kinds of stuff here. Tonight, I've lived,
2: man. I've lived like eight lives, dude. I'm an ordained minister. I've married people in a comic book store. Wow. Like one day when my career is over, you know, I've got COPD. I haven't really gone public about it, but mm-hmm. I've got about a ten year career left in me probably. And once that ten, once that decade in wrestling is over, and I write a story, it's going to be like the nine lives of Tony Snow. Because I've lived pretty much like nine lives, dude. I've had a very full, very full existence, man. And I'm only 42. I've still got plenty of it left.
0: For sure. D- do you have a favorite story of that's happened to you since you've been doing all this?
2: Since I've been doing what? Since you've been in uh, wrestling. Since I've been in wrestling. um, Man, I've got so many, like... There've been surreal moments, um, like yeah. Here's my favorite story, and there's only so much I can tell because you're a PG podcast. So I'll do my best. If you have to edit any of it, I I understand. Okay, that's fine. So so, um, last year at WrestleCon, wrestle WrestleMania was in Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was booked a company I did production for the main event on one of their days of their WrestleMania week show was going to be Rob Van Dam and Booker T against somebody against another tag team. Mm -hmm. And at the last minute that show canceled. And so I was all bummed because I've partaken with the Sandman and Sabu and I wanted to partake with Rob Van Dam because he's like the Bob Marley of pro wrestling. Right. The guy was on the cover of High Times. He was arrested for possession and mm-hmm. stripped of the title. He's kind of a martyr for the cause type thing. You know, like, right. He's that dude, you know, like he's the big Lebowski as a wrestler. Yep. And and so. I'm all bummed, but Teddy's like, I'm in town, play come work WrestleCon with me. So I'm like, okay, and I'm really not thinking what working WrestleCon with Teddy entails, right? Right. Well, I'm at the table with him for his signings, and he's in the Legends room. So I'm in the room with Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Arn Anderson, JBL, Teddy Long, Boogeyman, uh, IRS, you know, Money, both members of them, Mm -hmm. uh, Brooke, Brooke Hogan for some reason. Like, all these people are all in this room and they're all coming by Teddy's table, paying respects and he's introducing me to all of them. Yeah. So I'm meeting all of these legends. Like I'm shaking Bret Hart's hand. Like I wouldn't be doing this if I was working in that indie show. Right. And so I take a break. I decide I'm going to go walk around the rest of the convention and see who else is there. Cause I'd been in that room all day and I see Rob Van Dam and I have some party favors on me. So I go, and I hand them to him and I said, I was supposed to be on a show with you. These come with Teddy and my compliments. And he's like, oh, man, you're a lifesaver. Well, I go back to the booth with Teddy signing in. I'd get him back up to his hotel room because he's staying at the same hotel the convention's at. I get him all settled, you know, make sure he's straight because he's like a big bro to me, even though we were feuding and wrestling in real life. He's my trainer. Right. And um, And I make sure he's good. And then I go back downstairs and I'm like, you know what, let me make one more lap through and see if I meet anyone famous that I wanted to or if I find anyone I know or anything, you know, run Mm -hmm. into anyone from earlier. Maybe I can have a drink with X-Pac or something. Who knows? Right. Yeah. And the first people I see are Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes, his girl. Oh, okay. Yo, they're like, yo, Teddy Longs, dude, do you have a lighter? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, in my car. And they're like, well, we have to go to the House of Blues. Can you take us there? And I'm like, of course I can. And they're like, well, can we partake in your car? And I'm like, of course we can. (laughs) So I literally got to drive Rob Van Dam around Dallas in my, at the time, Nissan Altima. You know, while me and him are partaking while Katie's getting changed in the backseat. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the old ECW video games and how horrible they were. And how they were like (laughs) the raw games but worse, you know? Yeah. And then we get to the venue and he's like, dude, we've got more of these. Let's make another turn. So I'm like, okay. So we drive around for some more. And so then we start talking about memorabilia and he's like, you know, I have the biggest collection of RVD memorabilia ever, man. Like sometimes, you know, I get a little too tipsy and end up autographing stuff to myself. (laughs) <laughs> I, sometimes i open stuff up and play with it and then forget i opened it and wonder why it was open you know <laughs> and then i'm like man that's so cool and so yeah i, I had this ex- and then a week later i get an email from his assistant asking for my address i email it to him and a week after that i get a rob van Dam elite action figure in the mail and it says, to Tony Snow, thanks for the lift. And lift is in quotation marks. Ah. Uh, Rob Van Dam, WWE Hall of Fame 21. That's you so know, cool. So, yeah, I've got an irreplaceable piece of memorabilia. And then when I went to pick up Teddy for X-Travis Lambs at the Tulsa Airport, I ran into <laughs> RVD because he was there for a <laughs> Comic-Con. They were on the same plane. That's like, cool. He comes out there and he's like, dude, what are you doing here, bro? I was like, dude, I wish I'd known you were here. I would have been prepared, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. So that, and then just all my interactions I've had with Teddy. You know, people respect him so much, and rightly so. Right. But like be, being around Teddy and JBL together is hilarious because they're always ribbing each other. You know, and and being around Teddy and anyone really, they're ribbing each other. Yeah. Um. I actually met JBL. At, Dude, he's such a cool guy, man. I don't I think he knew snap- how to take me. <laughs> I, I saw him snap on a staff member, though. Did you? Because there there was a WrestleCon staff member that was there working on the clock.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And JBL comes by Teddy's table, and me and Teddy and JBL are talking. And this staff member turns around, and he gets a selfie of us all. And JBL's oh. like, are you kidding me, bro? You're on the clock. Plus, that's $40. Like... <laughs> dude guy's a multi-billionaire and he wanted his 40 bucks for a picture where's my 40 bucks
0: well when i met him it was at the comic-con this year in uh northwest arkansas and uh i was wearing my podcast t-shirt and it says if you give a dad a podcast on it and everything and i walk up to his table and he just kind of stares at me for a minute and he and then he reads if you give a dad a podcast it's like what does that even mean (laughs) you know he was, <laughs> so he, so. I kind of explained it to him and he's like oh okay and that was like all he said about it so it, it was kind of funny I think I threw him off a little bit but uh, yeah. besides well, he's that he's got his own podcast
2: funny. which is pretty entertaining um, yes
0: I've listened to that it's uh he's got some pretty good stuff on there
2: him And man he does one with him and Gerald Briscoe too they've had Teddy on a few times
0: yeah it's really good too that one's a lot of fun check, I've, out, I've,
2: check out check out Teddy Long's podcast by the way they okay. just dropped the one a day where he tells a macho man Randy Savage cocaine story oh wow that
0: that'd yeah. be really interesting to hear
2: yep
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now you're doing the managing wrestlers and things like that um what would you say is the hardest part about having about doing that
2: uh two different things for me number one, because of my autism, I'm really bad at multitasking mm-hmm. And so remembering everything that's supposed to happen in the match while getting my heat from the crowd, while doing this, while doing this, while, you know what I mean? Like right? when you're a manager, you got to do three or four things at once, man. Yep. And, and so that's a challenge, but I get it down by the grace of God. And then the other thing, the boundary that I, the, the, the happy medium I try to find is where I'm involved in the match and or interacting with the fans enough to get my moments and be memorable and contribute to it, but Mm -hmm. not overpower it. Right. Like, you know, like I, I've actually gotten applause for yelling at fans for taking attention from the match. I don't want to do it myself. Yeah. You know, like one guy, WFC last month wouldn't shut up every match. And so finally during our match, he was doing that shit. And I was like, dude, would you please stop? I know you have two women next to you. You're trying to be funny and get attention and look cute in front of them, but you look like an idiot and these guys are risking their lives to entertain you for your $20. So out yep. of respect, can you please stop? Yeah. Like and the crowd actually cheered me. <laughs> <laughs> like so learning to walk that fine line to where there's enough attention on me to where there's a chance I can get signed, I can go somewhere, yep. but to, but I don't want to take shine away from my guy either. It's not my match. Like something bothered me recently, and I know I wasn't done on purpose. But one of the companies I work for, and I'm not at liberty to say who it is, one of their broadcasts during the entrance, the camera shots were on me the whole time. Like <clears> you, my my guys on the turnbuckles, and the cameras following me, and I'm talking smack and everything. But I'm only talking smack because the camera's following me. Right. You know, you'd think that I was about to take my coat off and start wrestling this dude. Yeah, it was like it was my entrance. You know. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want heat for that, and I don't want, you know, I I, I want to do my job to the best of my ability, but I don't want to disrespect my client by taking away from what he's doing. If right. that makes sense. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a fine line to walk because you gotta be you gotta I gotta be discerning with which fan I give my attention to. Cause they're all yelling at me. I've got so much heat. Everyone's screaming at me. You know, they're calling me Barney. They're calling me Grimace. When do you call me Grimace? And I'm like, yeah, just like your wife does when you kiss her. And he's like, <laughs> jokes on you. I don't have a wife. And I was like, of course you don't. Cause you're ugly as sin. Like, <laughs> and, but I didn't want to keep going because the crowd's laughing at me now. And my guy's doing a spot in the ring. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And so it's a fine line. like, I do. I want to get signed, sure, but I'm not going to do it by getting all the attention on me. I'm going to do it by making champions around me and keeping championships. That's how I'm going to get attention. Yeah. And right now at WFC, I'm the man. If I had a fifth member, we'd have all five titles. No disrespect, Mister Royal. Maybe it'll be him. Maybe it won't. But if I had someone else, we'd have all. We'd have all the titles, dude. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah. Man, this look at my
2: look at my literally look at my faction. I have. I have, the only thing that was given to me was the heavyweight champion. Okay. I took a tag team of 25 year veterans who were in the mid card doing nothing as mid card tweeners Mm -hmm. and made them tag team champions that they took from the longest reigning champions after the Right. like, like they took those titles from guys half their age, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and then, the prime champion, da- dashing Dustin Tibbs, he's the youngest prime champion in the history of the company. He's been wrestling a year, and he's, he's, he's the TV champion. The prime title's like the TV title there.
1: That's impressive. Like
2: we have, yeah, dude, like, Throwman Enterprises is all about excellence. And at MPX, you know, we main event, we're we main eventing. You know, the only place I'm still working on it is at Texoma. I only have one dude there. I'm trying to get a tag team right now, so fingers crossed.
0: So you brought up the everybody uh, talking about the suit and stuff that you wear. It's that three-piece purple suit that you wear. And I got to say, man, I actually like it. And I wish well, I, I have could like, pull that off, man.
2: I have like seven or eight suits. I have a pink one, and they call me. When I wear the pink one, uh, they call it pink. And I tell the stupid sweat hogs that it's salmon. If they were smart, they'd know the difference. <laughs> yeah, you know, When I wear the light purple one, they call me grimace. When I wear the dark purple one, they call me Barney. Yeah. Which is funny because I just feuded with the guy who was in the Barney suit. Like, for real, at Texoma. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Josh Martin. He was the guy in the Barney suit. And he huh. came into the celebrity appearance and we had a little feud. It was funny. Um, <laughs> when I uh, Here's the one I, I got that I was shocked by. And I got this a WFC by a, a girl that looked like she was 12 years old. When I wore the all red suit, she said I looked like a bloody tan oh no Um, so that was yeah um when i wear the green suit they say i look like santa claus or an elf elf uh, buddy the elf yeah like whatever suit i wear
1: people make fun of
2: and i just i just tell them they're mad because number one they're all tom ford they all cost at least five thousand dollars and that's more than each of their cars are worth so you know they can be mad all they want that i look better than they're ever gonna look
0: yeah no man you pull the suit off definitely
2: I, I can pull off anything, bro. Give me a three-piece glad trash bag and I'll wear that shit and I'll rock it.
0: <laughs> I believe it. I believe it, man. Look
2: at, looking as only I can look. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo!
0: <laughs> so we're actually coming up on a close on this and everything. So I just have a few more questions before I get you off of here. So anybody who maybe is in a similar situation as you, um do you have any advice for them or uh, some advice that you would like to give them that maybe you wish you would have got when you first started in the business
2: uh do i have advice for someone who wants to be a manager
0: somebody that wants to be a manager somebody wants to be a dj any of this
2: oh if you want to be a dj get trained if you want to be a manager get trained uh <laughs> like <laughs> training is important yes. one thing that i see a lot and that i cannot stand is people who think that they're funny trying to be comedians or people that think that they can fight trying to be wrestlers or right. people that think that they can do this trying to be, go to training, learn how to actually do this. Mm-hmm. That ring hurts. Everything about it hurts. Like the ropes, they're not bungee cords. They're elevator cables. It hurts to throw yourself against them. The yeah. mat is wooden planks across steel it hurts. I avoid the ring as much as I can. I hurt my knee on it climbing to the second rope celebrating the other day. I was like that stupid football player that blew out his knee celebrating when I was celebrating the prime title because my client was knocked out on threshold. So I like yeah. blew out my knee on the freaking rope. Like, dude, like, don't just go into this flippantly. Respect the business by getting trained. Yeah, If you want a DJ, respect the business by getting trained. Anyone can DJ nowadays. Anyone can go and buy a laptop and download virtual DJ. That doesn't mean that you're a good DJ. Song right. selection is key. Reading the audience is key. Technology, even in DJing, is key. Like, a lot of the stuff that I learned, reading the crowd as a DJ, helps me read the crowd in pro wrestling. Yeah. A lot of the stuff is similar. You know what I mean? So that's the big thing. Don't think just because your buddies think you do it or the yes-men that surround you think you do it, or your girlfriend says that you could do it, mm-hmm. that you can just go do it. Like, go get trained. Do it yeah. the right way. Or you're going to get hurt yourself or hurt somebody else.
0: Is there anything coming up that maybe you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, man. Coming up September the 9th, we have the Fight for M at WFC. I've got a few matches on the card. My prime champion, dashing, delicious, daring Dustin Tibbs, he's going to be taking on the mute fuse johnny dynamite the guy that never ever ever speaks i think he can talk <laughs> i don't know but anyway um, i had him on the show Roy- he won this battle royal last month and uh so he gets a shot at my prime championship that dustin tibbs is defending um and then uh let's see what else riker chose cappuccino jones uh, to face Dutch uh, Dutch Hagen mm-hmm. and Little Stevie. Can I call Little Stevie? I'm gonna call Little Stevie. He wanted me to choose somebody to face Riker, and it was a waste of my time. So I didn't even send in a promo. Um If I don't even know that I'll even tell Dutch to show up. Um, he, it, well, he's gonna show up. He's gonna face Cappuccino Jones. So right. uh, Riker shows him, but I I didn't pick anyone for Riker because it's just it's not worth my time. I'm I'm. I'm worried about Cappuccino Jones getting him out of my way because I've got a pass with him, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's always screwed over my plans. He's like those meddling kids in Scooby-Doo. So I want to get Cappuccino Jones out of my way, and then I want to get Riker out of the way and in the rearview mirror. And then a month or two after that, my Luxembourg Beast will be the winningest, longest reigning WFC champion of all time. And that's my main concern right now, along with keeping the other three titles and then uh, Duke Cornell is going to be wrestling uh, my uh, half of my tag team champions, Duke Swellington. So you're going to have some Duke on Duke violence. There you go, as man. you see uh, the Copperhead Duke Cornell against Duke Swellington, uh, the banana of your fruit salad of life, the master of the Kermit arms, the king of the Kung Fu grip, the master mm. of the heavy leg. Duke Swellington himself, he'll be defending. No, he won't be defending nothing, Sweat Hogs. It's one-on-one. Those tag titles aren't going anywhere. If I had it my way, all of my guys would defend their titles once a year at Extrava That's it. But you know what? On the 9th of September, you get a prime title shot. But, yeah, you're going to have to wait for a tag title shot. And that heavyweight championship's not going anywhere. But I got three matches that day, so come see me in all my glory. And, and I'll tell you like I tell everyone, man, if you're going to support me, if you're all about winning championships and securing them by all means necessary, I will be your hero. I will, if you're going to wear one of my t-shirts, I will make sure you can wear it proudly because my guys will always be draped in gold. But if you're going to hate me or have the nerve to boo me or curse at me or say something about me or throw a bottle at me like has happened before... And if you're going to decide to hate me, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I'm the most hated guy in your world. You're going to be the lady getting 30 corn tortillas to your face. <laughs> like, if you're going to hate me, I'm going to make sure you hate me. But it's hey. up to you, man. It's yeah. your call. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, but you know what? If you're going to hate me, then I'm going to hate you so much that whoever comes out of that curtain to shut me up. gets a hero's welcome. And you know why? Because I'm damn good at what I do. Ask D'Lo Brown. It's a direct quote. I'm one hell of a manager. You know, I better recognize.
0: Man, I'm loving this. This is great. I'm over here smiling from ear to ear. Um, So where can people follow you at? If they want to go on there and they want to maybe follow you online to find out where you're going to be at next, or if they want to talk crap to you online, where can they do that?
2: You can follow me, uh, man. I'm on all social media. I've been dealing with some issues. I fired my previous manager then Mm -hmm. I had someone else managing my socials and that didn't work out. So I need to get caught back up on them, but it's real Tony Snow at real Tony Snow on X, which is the old name for Twitter Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook. Just look up Tony Snow. You'll see me. I believe the actual web address is www.facebook.com slash DJ Tony Snow printed out D E E J A Y DJ Tony Snow. But Hey, if you search for me, I'm sure you'll find me. But it's pretty much, uh, yeah, real Tony Snow on everything, man. And um, the third Friday of every month, I'm usually at Texoma. The first Saturday of every month, I'm usually at WFC. And I will be back at MPX on September the 16th. But I'm off from MPX until then. Uh, But, yeah, my most active thing is probably my Facebook Mm -hmm. um, or my Instagram. So, yeah, uh, real Tony Snow on everything. Uh, yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, it's been great talking to you tonight, and uh, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on here at some point.
2: Man, anytime, dude. If I dominated the conversation, my apologies. Uh, I loved I just, it. I, you know, it was great. Someone's as excellent as I loves, I am loves talking about myself. <laughs> uh, But I'd be more than happy to come back on anytime you want me. Thank you so much. All right. You have a good night. You too, man. Thank you. What's up, everybody? This is the Showcase,
0: Alex Royal, brand new host of When This Microphone Hits My Mouth, You... Well, you get the idea. We're going to be bringing you guys new episodes every single week, keeping the same popular style format that we had on What Can You Offer, my other podcast with John Cross. Be sure to check that one out because every once in a while, you might see another special episode, and you never know. John might cameo on this one every once in a while. But we're going to bring you unique perspectives on all things Oklahoma wrestling, Pop culture, entertainment, podcast, and really, honestly, just anything that pops up. We're just going to have a free for all, have conversations, have guests, and have a grand old time. So be sure to check us out every single week. The goal is to have a new episode drop every single Friday. So you, yourself, your friends, and everybody else listening to this right here can check us out. Be sure to check back.
2: Hey, listeners. I'm glad you're enjoying what you're listening to i'm billy from zero hero
0: podcast i'll always be joined by jim and me and him are the focus Skull podcasting definitely if you love what you're listening to then come swing on by spotify apple podcast anywhere that you find your podcast we'll be there too
3: riddle me this what do you get when you get three Power fans who also write power ranger fan fictions and upload them on separate podcasts and youtube channels and you happen to put the three of them together and they form a unique power storyline here's your answer you get the three ranger bros who is myself ty tiger the red corner Ranger, mark and the cosplay dude Sixty Seven. we are the three ranger bros and we came up with the idea called power rangers global a storyline where four different rangers from different universes team up to save universe 2118, a universe ruled by the gods. Now if you want to hear Power Rangers Global, you can find it on Tiger Tales, the YouTube channel, and Nerd Through Comics, the podcast. And you can find that podcast anywhere that podcast can be listened to. So one more time, that's Power Rangers Global on Tiger Tales, the YouTube channel, and Nerds Comics, the podcast.
0: Alright everybody, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Tony Snow. He was a great guest and he had a ton of great stories to tell on this episode. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And I can't wait to get him on again so we can talk some more. So I want to give a shout out to my podcast networks that I'm a part of, the OIW Podcast Network, the Avenue Podcast Network, and the Zio to hero Podcast Network. If you are looking for any type of different podcasts that you would like to listen to, go and check these guys out. They've got everything that you could want, whether that be wrestling podcasts or it be fan fiction, or if you want to hear stuff where they talk about toys or they talk about Power Rangers or travel episodes or whatever you're looking for they have on one of these networks. So go and check all of them out. I will have a link to all of them in my show notes. So I also have Birch out. I have shirts and stickers and mugs and all kinds of other stuff. So if you want any of that stuff, make sure that you follow me on my social media pages. That way, you can order this stuff, or you can order it from my wife, who makes all of it for me. And she is Cups and Teas by Stacia. She makes all kinds of great stuff. She made um, shirts for me for Diamond State Wrestling. She's also made shirts for the Vatos Cana Loco, the former um, tag team champions of Diamond State Wrestling. As I'm recording this, it is. 10 o'clock at night on Sunday. So, I just got back from doing the show there, interviewing people, and doing the rare cut. So, I am still very tired from that. And uh, it was a great show. I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, maybe I'll be able to talk more about it in this next episode that I record. But um, yeah, if you want any merch, go and get it from Cups and Teas by Stacia. She has some great prices and some great things. So as you're listening to this, make sure that you let me know what you think of it. And uh, when you do leave a review, um, people are more likely to follow or find this. And uh, the more the merrier. Also make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this. Hit the notification bell. That way you make sure that you get uh, notified every time there's a new episode of iGadap. So you've heard me talk about social media, things like that. If you can follow me on any of those, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on TikTok, I'm on uh, Twitter, I'm all over the place. So just go and look up If You Give a data Podcast, and you can find me at any one of those. You can also send me an email at giveadadapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. Make sure that you go out there and you follow me, that way you can stay up to date with all the new episodes that will be coming out and all the cool things that I'm going to be doing over the next few months. Uh, I've got some really great stuff coming up, and I just want to make sure that you guys have the ability to see everything that's going on. I also want to give a shout out to Cure for making my ending theme song for me. It's an amazing song, and if you like what you hear, make sure that you go out there and follow him. I also want to say thank you to the original Geek Comics for giving me a spot in their Paladin comic book to uh, advertise for this podcast. And I really appreciate those guys. Make sure you go out there, follow them. They are making some great new stories, and I can't wait to get my stuff in the mail from them. So it's time for everybody's favorite part of the episode, I believe. And that is the dad joke of the week. (laughs) How do billboards talk? They use sign language. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. Bye.
1: room grounded but i got a podcast on he calls us beautiful people then tells us who we have on the best part of my day the world blocked out in my pods tell my friends all about it so that they follow along and the host is kind of nerdy but guess what i am as well i don't feel so alone and i began walking out of my shell heard a story i needed connection i haven't felt i'll be looking for the next one tell them farewell it's the podcast for me The podcast for me. Have it on better, go see and listen closely. downloading to the remote. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.